Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrio, and I am here with Rocco. Is it Kaza? Koza. Koza. I was close. Yeah. So, <laughs> no uh, Rocco is a TEDx speaker. He also is an attorney, entrepreneur, um, which is interesting because I think most, I, I'll speak for myself, I assume that most attorneys or lawyers, whichever it is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wouldn't you know it's always you trade money for time right yeah and so the difference in this man and any other attorney other than maybe one that i've ever come across uh it is you either pay me or you get no information and this gentleman feels very differently about that and so um he's also a best-selling author uh and it's work podcast Did I say that right yeah that's correct yep absolutely so quite quite a lot of stuff going on but yeah. I want to go ahead and talk about really quick um you know he held up a book in one of his posts called the go-giver for sellers mm-hmm. and I lit up when I saw the post because uh I've been through I've, I've read the first book called the go-givers and and we'll let him talk about what that book is like, and then the Go Giver Seller. The sell is it Sellers Go. I can't remember exactly the title. I, th- I think it's the the Go Giver Seller. Okay. I think it's the Go Giver Seller. I can pull it up and see. Uh, give me one second. I'll find the title of it. It's sitting <laughs> on my shelf, but I can't see it across the room. Go Giver Sell More. That's what. It okay. Is. Yeah. So in the, the you know that he's got. I, I want you to talk about the premise of both of them and how that has played a part in your life. And, and, you know, especially from an attorney standpoint, (laughs) that makes this so much more powerful. Yeah. Um, So Rocco, knock it out, brother. Yes. So the, so the go, I read the go giver. God, it had to be years ago. And it, it, it really impacted me because it, it really talks about just being, to, to make it simple, it's of being of service to others with really not expecting anything in return. And that's how I've lived my entire life. And that's actually what my TEDx talk was about. It was about the power of kindness in business. But I, I use kindness as the frame for me just giving my time to others with zero expectation of anything in return. Now, as an attorney, that's completely counterintuitive. You know, we're taught in law school that time is money, billable hours. But when I started my own practice, I wanted to do things differently. I looked at it as I'm not a lawyer. I'm an entrepreneur that sells legal services. So how could I do it differently? 
So I use kind of that premise of being of service to others to really build my practice. And I was actually with a gentleman last night. We were just networking and talking about different business things. And I was kind of telling him about my whole, my whole practice has been built around the principle of people come to me first before they go to anybody else. Even if I can't help them, like as a lawyer, they come to me because they know I will help them in any way I can connect them with someone, refer them to someone, give them some advice, point them in the right direction. And I never expect anything in return, but doing that has led to these amazing opportunities in my life. And I'm extremely thankful for the success I've had, but it really boils down to the principles in those books, just being of service to others. So I, you know what? I totally 100% agree. I wish I could say I've been doing that for years, but (laughs) But I haven't, you know, last July is when I started this journey. But my experience since Mm -hmm. then has been exactly the same. It's been that if I, you know, there's two sides of the coin, right? So you could give a homeless guy, let's just say, $20 and think in the back of your head, well, I'm going to get that back somehow. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're talking about. No. Not at all. No. So if you do it with the wrong intent – Exactly. Then it's, it doesn't work. It doesn't work the same. It is. And I I always tell people, you cannot have any expectation. That is the key. When you take away the expectation of giving your time or giving something to someone and you're going to get, now you always do get something. If I look at my career journey, you know, all the cool opportunities I've had and, and just how my business has grown has come from me giving my time but I never give my time expecting something in return. In the moment I made that shift years ago and really approached life differently is when everything changed. So give the, uh, give the, uh, give the listeners an example uh, of a time where you have freely given your time and then in direct proportion, mm-hmm. you, you linked it back and said, you know, that this happened I, I, I believe this happened, the universe, if you will, put this in front of me, maybe because that happened, that I did this for that person, not at the time, but when the universe decided to show up and say, here's what it is, so, yeah. so to speak. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, and I'll give you a great example. This is one of, the, one of the examples I always give. So former business partner of mine a few years ago, um, she knew this guy, he kind of, you know, I've been known to be a connector, like connect people together. Always, I know a lot of people, I, I network. So she's like, oh, I think this guy, you guys would get along. You should meet him. And I'm thinking, okay, like I had no idea what to expect from this. Well, we were supposed to meet, you know, I'm, I'm in the outskirts of Pittsburgh. So we were supposed to meet in downtown Pittsburgh. It was a blizzard that day. So I didn't cancel the meeting. I drove into town, had no idea how long it was going to take. I was with this guy for a few hours, just talking, had no idea what to expect. I just met the guy and just said, Hey, I can help you in any way I can. Well, we formed this friendship. He's now become one of my, one of my good friends, really good friends. And we have two businesses together and he introduced me to a lot of different pro athletes all because I was willing to give my time to him. And anytime he, you know, after that first meeting, he would call me every once in a while and ask me some advice. I'd give him some advice. I'd meet with him and his team. I would just, you know, help them out with nothing, you know, no expectation of anything. And then him and I just developed this great friendship and then this, this trust for one another. And he got me involved in this olive oil and wine business that I'm involved in. 
he's because he was in the sports agency world so he kind of introduced me to a lot of pro athletes and it's just been this great you know th this great bond that we created with no expectation of it happening i just went out of my way to give this guy a few hours of my time and that happened from it and it, it was that simple that's incredible I mean, that's, that is a fantastic example yeah um why do you think that this concept for people is more of a challenge than not uh you know in their daily lives i i think i think well from a business perspective i think a lot of people are penny wise and pound foolish they're, they're looking at the quick dollar they're looking at the transaction where I look at the long term, you know, I, I, you know, part of my law practice is very transactional, but I don't ever look at a single transaction as just that. I look at it as a start of a relationship. So I've kind of always approached it that way. And I, the other thing I think is people in this, this is going to sound terrible to say, but people are very egocentric. They think their time is more valuable than others. You know, I've never, you know, I come from a very humble background, you know, low middle-class family, single mom, you know, my mom, my grandmother, my two aunts basically raised me until my mother met my stepfather. So I was always taught these traditional values and it's really helped me stay grounded, stay humble. But I think when people reach a certain level of success, we'll call it, they get this big head and they think their time is more valuable and what's in it for me especially lawyers. I mean, look, we're the worst of it. I mean, I can tell you that. I mean, we, I mean, we really are like, I deal with lawyers all the time that just think that their time is more. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself and all be, we're all just people in most lawyers. We don't know much. We know how to solve the problem. We know how to find the answer, but end all be all, we don't know all the law. We don't know everything. We're looking for the answer, but it's, I think people have this very egocentric view and they forget where they came from. They forget humility. They forget, you know, empathy towards others. And that's why I think people have this hard time with that. Yeah, I would say you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, we, and again, like, kind of like you said, I hate to say this, but like, I feel like we live in a really not selfless, but selfish world. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, you see a, a, this drives me insane, a grocery cart and it's sitting on the side of the thing or it's sitting in a parking spot and like the, the, the little grocery cart thing is right there. Yeah. And, and it's just pure selfish and laziness. And it dry, it drives me insane. I know that sounds silly, but <laughs> no, I know I just, exactly what you mean, but it's the little things. It's the, the little things are what matter most. And that, they, that, that I always say you can, you can tell the character of, of a man by watching the little things he does. I you agree. Know, opening a door for people, like doing those certain basic you know, gentlemanly things, you know, I believe in, in chivalry and being a gentleman, you know, I, I, that's kind of my belief system. So I just, when I'm out and about, I tend to watch people. I'm a people watcher. And, and I like you, those little things drive me crazy because they're so simple to do, but that's the problem. They're also so simple not to do. And people choose laziness. That's so true. It's just like, you, it, it's like pee on the seat. Like, yeah. come on, just <laughs> wipe it off. Dude. Right. Just yeah. wipe it off. Take two <laughs> seconds. That's exactly right. Oh, so let's go. Let's circle back to uh, you. You said you were raised by your aunt and your mom. Yeah, my mom, my grandmother, and my two oh. aunts are really oh. the you know the the prime forces in my life. Okay, uh, let's let's go there for a moment. Yeah, sure. They, I mean, they, you know, so you know, my my mom and and biological father were divorced when I was really young. So it's just I was you know raised by those four women. So I was taught very traditional Italian values. 
and how, you know, my grandmother was probably the biggest influence in my life. And she's the one that always, you know, beat into my head, which is a terrible thing to say. I'm talking about kindness, but she said, be kind to everyone. You are no better or no worse than anybody. You treat the president of a company the same way you treat the janitor of the company. You never, in, in that single piece of advice, she said, will take me far in life. And it has. And that's how I've always approached it. Because most people look, especially lawyers, most people look at us as, you know, pretentious pricks, basically. And they think we have this, this arrogance about us. Well, I just, I always pride myself on when most people meet me, nine out of 10 people will not guess I'm a lawyer if I don't tell them what I am. And that's just because I approach life differently. And I think that comes from my upbringing. You know, they really, they really instilled some good traditional values in me that I've just taken into my adult life and try and instill in my kids as well. Nice. I like that. Um, so I want you to, um, so you said your dad, you guys divorced early now. Is it, uh, do you still have a relationship with your biological? No, I mean, he, he, I mean, he was pretty much out of my life for most of my childhood. And then he passed away when I was in law school, I think in my early twenties. So my, my stepfather's been like my father figure my, my entire life. He came into my life when I was about eight years old. Okay. And I basically consider him my dad. I mean, that's, sure. there's, there's no question about it. I mean, he's been there for me through everything, you know, so it's, yeah, I mean, it's just been, I've never really looked back. You know, it's people always say, you know, people have issues with, you know, they had relationships with their dad. I, it's never been an issue to me because I just, I felt like I got to a point in life where I realized that my real father didn't do what he could for my mom. So it's, you know, I saw the, you know, the, the pressure my mom took on in raising me and trying to raise a son and, and do everything right and give me the things I needed to be successful. And I give her all the credit in the world for, for what she was able to do. And then, you know, my stepdad, when he came in the picture, he's really helped as well. So it's, you know, I've been very fortunate to have an amazing family around me. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, so I, you know, you're, you're, let's start, let's go back to your, your TEDx talk. Yeah. Uh, so I listened to a little bit of that and okay. noticed that you said, what was the question that you asked? Uh, and then the response was kindness. Talk about that. Yeah. So that, I mean, that whole talk came from, you know, I, I, I started kind of my speaking career, speaking to high schools and middle schools here in the area about entrepreneurship, business, leadership, kind of my career journey. And I was giving a talk, I think it was either a high school or middle school. And you know, one of the kids, and I always open up for Q&A at the end, and one of the kids in the, in the class or in the room said, what's the most, what's the one thing that matters most in this, like the most important thing? And my instantaneous response without even thinking was kindness. But it was, it was the looks I got after saying that that made me realize there was a problem. Like those kids looked at me like no one's ever told them that that is important. They, they've heard about kindness in life, be kind to one another, you know, do those things. But in the business world to be successful in life. Like no one's ever said that, that single thing, kindness can get you where you want to go. And so that's kind of how that talk evolved from literally that single moment. I think that, you know, I think that we're programmed subconsciously from a young age that, you know, to be in business, you've got to step on people and you've got to be ruthless and you've got to just do whatever you've got to do. And, and I think that carries forward into mm -hmm. our adult life because I don't, you know, once our subconscious mind gets programmed, yep. 
unless you're aware of that habit loop or, or whatever that programming is, mm-hmm. um, it, it never gets broken. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and to be aware of that, you have to dig in, you know, you have to dig yes. into books and in your mind and why it works the way it does. And I wish people, more people would do that. Um, I think we would have a better society. I think people would think differently yeah. if they knew why they did what they did. Yeah. I mean, that's pe- people never look at the intentions behind their actions and that's, that's a big thing. And in coming to your point about, you know, people thinking business has to be ruthless. Now, when I talk about kindness, I also say I'm not a pushover. Like I can be ruthless. I can be, I can be hard nosed and aggressive in business, but my definition of kindness is treating others with respect and dignity, no matter who they are. I can still be ruthless to you, but treat you with respect and dignity. And it's about giving your time to others without the expectation. That's really when I talk deeply about kindness. I mean, in the business sense, that's really what it is. Just saying yes to that meeting, even though you don't know what's going to come, but who cares? You never know. And just, just be that person that, that is there to serve others. Because like, I think Jim Rohn has the famous quote, the more people you serve, you know, the more money you make or whatever that quote is. But that's, it's the truth. I mean, when you serve more, you serve yourself more. Yes, exactly. The more people you uh, see, uh, the more people you help get what they want. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah, that's that's the quote. I can't remember. We're getting, I, that is, it's close. I think the combination <laughs> of the two, we're, we're getting yeah. there. But yeah, so but that, that's that's totally totally true. So let me ask you, what yeah. is how do you? You know, one of the things that I struggle with is, you know, I am a coach and I help people, right? Mm-hmm. And and I have paying clients and I have people that I don't charge, right? Sure. Yep. And that's a fine line. It's a fine of line of, of how much do you give mm-hmm. before you ask for something in return? And, and when do you, when is it that, you know, is there a point where you feel, um, how do you make that distinction, right? So the bar, the, the bar meeting, mm-hmm. that was a meeting that I get that. Okay. But how do you make that distinction when the person calls over and over, so to speak? I'm just giving an example. So that, that's a good question. And, and I've been forced enough where I haven't been taken advantage of. I also have very good intuition. So I typically know when I meet a person I get that sense of a person, whether they will be that type of person that could abuse my willingness to share, willingness to help, willingness to connect. And I've just been fortunate where I haven't, I haven't experienced that. And then I take that back. There have been a few times and then it's just, I have to start setting the ground rules. Like I always, I always tell people that, look, you know, I'm always here to help, but you know, I'll let you know if, if it's, it's, it's something that I have to do for you, meaning as a lawyer, 
or, you know, as a coach or whatever the case may be, I kind of walk that line. And then I always, I try and keep a very stern demeanor with some people. I think you have to, you have to, you have to build that intuition to understand people because some people just, just need help. Right. And I'm all for helping them. Some people need a little bit of help, but they also want you to solve their problems. Mm. And so when you, when you, in, in those situations, when you find that person that, that needs the help, but wants you to also do the work and solve the problem, that's when my demeanor has to shift a little bit. And it, and it turns into a more stern demeanor with the person. I'm still willing to help them, but I also tell them that, look, this is something you've got to do. Like you've got to take what I'm telling you and go do something with it. Don't come back to me in a week and ask me another question if you didn't do what I just told you to do. And that's kind of, so I kind of put the ball back in their court and make them accountable to the advice that I've given them. And then if they're not willing to do that, then I'm not willing to continue helping them. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. You can't do, you can't do it for them. Right. You know, and, and a lot of people, uh, you know, I don't know about a lot, but, but some people that you come across, Mm -hmm. that's just the way, you know, they, they're, they're, People look at, look for a handout and and you're right. It is intuition. And you do know when that, you know, it is now I'm sitting here thinking, cause I'm thinking about a certain situation where I've given a whole lot of advice about an area that I am very, very well versed in. Okay. And I did it because the person needed help and, and it really, she was getting ready to, you know, spend a whole lot of money that she didn't need to spend like a lot of money. Okay. And so I kind of, I spent several hours with her and I don't feel like she took advantage of me. Sure. But I spent several hours with her walking her through a lot of stuff that she just didn't know questions to ask. She's starting a business okay, and and she just didn't know the right questions to ask. And so I was talking to my wife and, and I said, you know, I think, you know, I, I know I'm doing the right thing. I said, do you think I'm, you know, where, where is the line? Yeah. And it's hard sometimes when you know that you're helping someone and you know, they are doing their part, right? And they're totally engaged in their, mm-hmm. they are writing down, they're listening. Yeah. You know, I, I guess in that situation, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. And, and it's one of those situations where I always make sure I have the time. So in that situation, I may say, Hey, I have 30 minutes I can give you right now. Like let's, let's hammer out everything you need to ask me, everything we need to go through in 30 minutes. Cause unfortunately I have a prior commitment and sometimes you've got, you've got to set those boundaries where if, if you know it's a person, okay, if I meet with this person, this can be a few hours just cause it, history repeats itself. I go into that and saying, Hey, you know, I, I don't have a ton of time. I'm willing to give you what I got. I got 30 minutes. Does that work for you? And so then, then it kind of, it, it takes those peripheral questions that they ask out of the picture and they get really down to the meat of what the issue is. And that's kind of how you can start filtering out the people that are really serious or not. That makes total sense. That makes total sense. So how long have you been on this, let's just say personal development journey? You said it quite a while. I mean, since, since, since my mid twenties, I read the first book, the first personal development book I read was the success principles by Jack Canfield. And that that's the single book that changed my life. Because the one, the, the one, have you ever read, if you've never read the book, I highly recommend it. It's a book I read every year. I actually have not. I know who he is. Yeah. It's a, he, it's a long read. Like it's a very thick book and it's one of those ones that has, you know, it has chapters. You can just read a chapter here and there. It's not something you have to read front to back, but there's one particular chapter in that book or one principle in that book that changed everything for me. And the principle is 
we are 100% responsible for everything that does or does not happen in our life. And he gives this formula and the formula is E plus R equals O an event plus a reaction equals an outcome. And what he talks about is you always control one of the variables. You can either control the event or how you react to it. Therefore you always control the outcome. And to me, for some reason that just makes I'm a, I'm a logical thinker it made so much sense to me at that, at that moment in my life, in my twenties, it's like, yeah, like I can't, people aren't going to do it for me. I've got to do it. And if I get mad about it, that's on me. Like that's the choice I made to react that way. If I can't change the event, I can react to it differently and learn from it. And that's, that's kind of what, what really, you know, catapulted my personal growth. And it's been this evolution. I, you know, I even talked recently on my podcast and on, on my Instagram about this whole, the shadow side. So this, this new kind of journey I've been on over the past couple months has been really getting in touch with the dark side of life okay. and the dark side of a person. So, you know, Carl Jung, the famous psychologist talks about the persona and the shadow, how each person has these two sides. And when you, to become this higher version of yourself and have this psychological awakening, you have to learn to integrate the two. And I've been doing that work recently and it, it has literally changed everything for me. Okay. So I'm like freaking out intrigued. Yeah. So, so you got it. You got to tell me more. This yeah. is like, I'm like, Oh my God, this is new stuff. I love new stuff. No. So this was, so this was, you know, so uh, take a step back. So th this past year, right. So I was in corporate America for, for years. I left 2019 has really been my first full year as a, full-time solo practicing attorney. I've had my practice since 2013. It was part-time on the side. So this has been like my first full year. First half of the year, you know, I said, okay, I need to make this amount of money to, to be comfortable, to live my lifestyle. And I was playing not to lose. I was playing defense. Mm. And I went through this transition, like in the late spring to early to mid summer, where something was off inside of me. I just felt these like, negative emotions, the, these negative things about these things I didn't like about myself, like these, these terrible things I'm, you know, I, I, I can be manipulative. I can, I can, you know, remove guilt from a situation. I can be very cold and calculated, but as I, I work with this business coach in Chicago and he kind of started me down this path to looking at the dark side. And I started doing the research because I'm a psychology major and I started looking at Carl Jung. So I, I remember a little bit about it from, from college and when you talk about the dark side, he says it's to be a higher version of yourself. You need to be whole, meaning you need to incorporate the good and the bad. And he says what makes a person powerful is their ability to know they have, they have the ability to do evil, but they choose not to. He's like, once you understand you can harness that power and understand your capability of danger or evil or harm and choose not to use it. That makes you a powerful person because now you can recognize evil. You can recognize danger. And he's like, when you, and, and, and it's just a fan, I'm still like digging into the research. It's just so fascinating to me because I started looking at myself and said, the moment I started being okay with that negative side of myself and those negative things I'm able to do and incorporate it and just be, that's who I am. Like my revenue tripled. Literally the moment I changed that thought process and that mental shift, everything changed for me. Okay. So let's just, let's step back for a second. Yeah. And you said, you know, one of the things you said is that you were 
playing to be, or you, you were, you wanted to be comfortable and you were playing small. Now where along, where in there is the, where's the dark side? What, what is that? What does that mean for Rocco? Sure. So that was okay. So I was, I was, so I was playing not to lose. So I was like, okay, I, I, this is how I've always operated. I can, I can make this amount of money. I'm good. Then I started taking this personal assessment and saying, what makes me good as a lawyer? Like, what can I do differently? And I started realizing like these negative things about myself, you know, that I can, I can do these negative, these, you know, I can be, I can manipulate situations. I can bend facts. I can, you know, I can do something very cold and calculated. And that's something I always had this problem with. It was like, was, and I kept, and I was doing this assessment, like, is this preventing me from getting to the next level? Is this preventing me from being, that, that next level up as a lawyer, as an entrepreneur. And then as I was working with this coach and he kind of, he, he says, a lot of times we have to walk through darkness to find our light. And when he said that, it started to hit me. So that's when I started like understanding the power of your dark side. And when you incorporate that into your life, I started looking at the practice of law differently. I started looking at how, how I approached clients differently. It gave me this level of, of comfortable confidence where it's just like, I knew I had that ability to manipulate and get whatever I wanted. I knew that I can go in any situation and close a deal. Okay. And it was, and it just gave me that, that, that confidence to go into any situation and do that. And the moment I said, that's who I am and I'm totally cool with it. It changed. That's when I started operating differently. And I went from playing not to lose to play to win. Okay, and I stopped so, looking at the numbers and started just saying, I'm going to do whatever I can to grow this as big as possible. Okay. So when you say, uh, you know, you can, you can go into a situation and manipulate it. Some of the, some people are listening may. Yeah, sure. Think, think, well, God, what a D bag. Like, yeah, like, no, you I, know, understand. I mean, absolutely. It so, so, so but, but, but I need you to go into that yeah. so people understand what you mean by that. Cause it's such a terror. It's, a, it's got a really bad stigma sure. behind it. I think is the best way to say that as far as the word manipulation. Sure. So it's, so again, it's, it's, there was the bad side of it that I always saw on myself. I'm like, okay. Cause I always felt like I could talk my way out of any situation. Like it could be a, a normal situation about anything. I just always had felt like I had that ability and it, it caused this inner turmoil. Like that's not a good quality to have, I would say. But then I looked at it from not a manipulation standpoint, but this gives me, you know, a skill in the law is if I can see around corners, Leverage. I can, I can anticipate what's going to happen. I can anticipate what I need to say to get the result I want. And it's not about manipulating. It's being able to take a very practical approach and see three steps ahead, three steps ahead of whatever I'm dealing with. And that ability, which I, you know, I always for the longest time thought was manipulation, ended up being a skill so long as I use it for the right reasons. Sure. You know, so I choose to use it for business as opposed to, and, and to benefit my clients, not to harm anybody, not, not to do anything wrong to anybody, but to get a result for my client quicker than we could have otherwise. So do you have a quick example of mm-hmm. a time recently that you have seen three steps that you saw three steps ahead and X happened, the three steps ahead happened and then Y happened and the result was so much better. Yeah. So I was in, I was in a negotiation, right? So I was, 
negotiating this buyout deal for my client. Now I knew coming into this meeting, I knew the attorney I was dealing with. I kind of understood the person's personality. He was an older gentleman. So he has a different way of thinking. So I knew going into that meeting, the three things I needed to do to get the result done quicker. And this guy, like he came and he's like, we're going to spend all day together. We're going to, we're going to go through all these documents. We're going to do this. And I went into it with, I know exactly what I need to say to this guy. I know exactly how I need to position these things. And that meeting took 45 minutes and it was scheduled for, I think five hours, but it was my ability to know that I knew exactly what I needed to say to this guy. I knew exactly how to play the hand that caused them to say, yeah, you're right. Let's do this. And then we all agreed. We left, we parted ways and now we're working on the deal. That's a great, great, great example. And I think it goes back to, you know, an old school maybe way of thinking for him. Mm-hmm. Right. And so people uh, of a different generation, even, you know, I, I, I had a recent deal, uh, a recent, uh, I was working on a deal with, okay. with a couple other guys and, we were going to build out a fully, uh, fully vertical integrated hemp business. Okay. Okay. That is a big ass deal. Sure. Like, yeah, like I mean, there's lots of money involved. There's lots of moving parts. There is a lot. Mm-hmm. And so these guys didn't know anything, including myself about this. I just knew the right people to get us there. And I knew that these people Mm-hmm. were, you know, they've been in the industry forever, so on and so forth. Well, we had to, there are certain steps that you have to take in, in order for my guy to provide the information that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a case for you in order for you to provide all the information. I got to pay you, right? right. Because sure. that's just how it works. He's right. not going to give us 20 years of, of information <laughs> so we can then make a decision. Right. Right. And so, these guys that I was going to do this business with and the universe stepped in and said, this is not what you need to be doing clearly. So, you know, they, they wanted to figure out the percentages of the business. Well, what are we figuring out? Mm -hmm. Because there is nothing there, right? We don't even know if we're going into business. We don't know if this is going to be a $50 million process or a $5 million process. So how are we going to, and that honestly killed the deal. Yeah. Because they, their thinking is, is old school. And actually one of the guys is younger than me. They're stuck in the details that don't matter at this point. They don't matter. Right. They don't matter. And the, and the crazy thing is him and I started this because we wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. That was the premise of it. And then as we slowly got further down the road, then it was all about the percentages and this and that. And I'm like, the whole, the whole reason yeah. is out, out the window. Yeah. So it crashed, fortunately, because I, it's a longer story, but it, it worked yeah. out great for me because I got a whole bunch of information and now I've connected with people that I'm going to make a whole hell of a lot more money with. That's awesome. And I'm going to do half the work. Right. So, you know, it, it actually worked out right. And, you know, I don't know what they're doing, but it is what it is. So um, talk about uh, playing the my. You, you mentioned, let me go back to the comfortable and playing small yeah. comment. Yeah. So 
if someone plays, if somebody, if somebody strives to be comfortable, mm -hmm. right, where do they usually wind up? Maybe that question wasn't clear enough. So if I aim to be comfortable, if I am comfortable at $100,000 a year, okay, all right, and then usually whatever you aim for, there's a chance you may fall a little bit short. Sure. So why not aim for 150 right. and that be your comfort level and, mm -hmm. and know that if you're a little short, everything's going to be okay, but guaranteed you're going to be over a hundred. Does that make yeah. sense? Make complete sense. I had this discussion with a client uh, yesterday actually about setting goals for next year in their business. I said, you know, you need to shoot way higher because even if you miss, you're still higher than what the goal you just gave me was. And that's really, so I, so I looked at it again. It, it was, I had to make the mental shift. I knew that I needed to make X every month to maintain the lifestyle for my wife, kids, myself. So it's like when I made that money, it was like, good, I'm good. If I make a little bit more awesome, but I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be greedy, but that's what I, that's what I was telling myself. But it was, I was just playing not to lose. Like I knew that I had to make this. Once I made those mental shifts and, and learned all this about myself, I said, no, 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 no. I'm way better than I thought. I can make a lot more money. And, and I blew that goal out of the water. Like I look, I have a dashboard that I did. My law firm has all of my metrics on it. And it has like this graph where it shows what I was projecting over the year. Like I've, almost doubled it and that just happened in the past four months just because I shifted from that I don't care how much I make this month I'm going to go out and crush it and I just started operating differently I, 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 I integrated that dark side I became that 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 comfortable confidence in who I was as a complete person I was a good person but as a complete person and that's the difference and it it really changed everything but people get very comfortable in and look, some people may just want to make a hundred grand and that's it. And they're good. Like they want to spend time, you know, they want to come home at five o'clock, you know, coach their kids teams, do all that stuff. Great. If that's what you want and you're good, all power to you. But if you're not, or if you complain about where you are, you know, you have to ask yourself a question. How are you playing? Are you playing defense, like protecting the moat or are you playing offense? Are you going on the attack? Because once you go on the attack, that's when, yeah, it's going to be tough and you're going to go through some crap and it's going to hurt and you're going to get beat and you're going to get cut and scraped. But in the end, you're going to be a lot farther ahead had you just sat there and just protected the moat. Absolutely. It's the process is not respected as much as it should be or recognized mm -hmm. in the process of getting from one place to the other, from getting from, um, you know, I'll give you a quick example. Yeah. I had a testosterone replacement therapy clinic. Okay. Basically a medical spa. We did yep. all kinds of shit there. So I exited that October of 2018. Okay. Broke my heart. I poured everything into it. It was, you know, whatever. It's a long story. Sure. It, but I, I can circle back to something that you said. You said um, the, the ERO. Right. Yep. I played my part in why that business went down. And I know what part I played. I didn't know okay. it at the time, but I figured it out over this last year. Okay. And I realized that I was ultimately responsible for that. Mm -hmm. And so 
I've, I have worked really hard over the last year to shift the way I thought, the way I treat people, mm-hmm. uh, my journey, so to speak. I've, I've gone back to school and learned some things and, and whatever. And, and through all this process, I didn't know um, the how. I knew there was something much bigger for me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. And that part is scary. Yeah. That part is, and unless you have the ability to know you're going to get to that bigger spot, Mm -hmm. then a lot of people fold or a lot of people sometimes take a lesser uh, job or, or career than the really, if they would have just, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's thinking grow rich three feet from gold. Yeah. It, it. Does that, does that make sense? Right. So Absolutely. If, you, if you stop, if you stop, you're just, you're that close. Exactly. You're that close to the great, great thing. And I'll tell you, part of that is that, you know, I then started networking through all this and mm-hmm. went to RTA live and this mic has been sitting on my desk for three months. Yeah. Okay. And I told myself, I haven't really set up Libsyn, which I had, yeah, but but I didn't really understand it, and I probably needed to find out something, you know, find somebody to help me, yeah. and that was the story. Yep. And while I was at Arte, I this also circles back to something that you said. Mm-hmm. Before I went, a few days before I went, I thought, well, what am I going to say to people? You know, I'm going to be rubbing elbows with these great people, da da da. And then I decided I'm not going to I'm going to have no expectation this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go and I'm going to shake hands and I'm going to enjoy myself. And I'm going to meet as many people as I can and I'm going to have a great time. And that's exactly what I did. And as I was exiting uh, the last day, uh, mm-hmm. it was towards the end of the day, everybody pretty much was gone. I ran into a gentleman named Ryan Williams and okay. I didn't know anything about Ryan. I just, I, I shook his hand. We introduced, I was, I had already connected with him on social, which I didn't realize. And okay. And I said, hey, I said, I'm starting a podcast. Would you like to be on it? And he okay. said, absolutely. And, and it put me in an uncomfortable position <laughs> to where I had no choice but to spend 20 hours a day figuring yeah. this thing out. And yeah. I have literally had to figure out every single piece of that. And in the midst of all that, my stupid computer crashed. <laughs> And so I'm like, oh my, I mean, I was, fortunately, (laughs) I, everything was okay. It's still not running quite right. But, you know, at the end of the day though, I have now connected with so many people. There are so many opportunities that have opened up for me that are far bigger than my mind would have ever created. Yeah. That's awesome. And it was, it happens. It's because I hung in there and and I know at this point, I'm on the path that I need to be on, that I'm supposed to be on. That's, and I'm still not 100% sure exactly what that looks like. Because right now, I've got four or five different opportunities yeah. that are all magnificent. Yeah. And so, it's all going to work out exactly yeah. the way it's supposed to. That's it. And, and, and what happens is people give up. When, when shit gets hard, they give up. Because it's just like, ah, you know, I, didn't, you know, I, I thought I was going to attain success quicker. Well, I always tell like my friends like to joke with me because they're like, oh, you get to do all this cool stuff. I'm like, yeah, you guys seem to forget that I also work like a maniac. You know, for years I was working 18 hours a day, going to a job, building my practice on the side, 
you know, putting in all this time to, to get to this point. I'm still not anywhere near where I want to be, but people tend to look at people that attain a certain level of success and think that it's easy. I'm like you guys don't see when you're hanging out watching football on Sundays, I'm recording my podcast, I'm recording videos, I'm writing blog posts, I'm doing work, I'm in my office, I'm connecting with people. Like every night of the week, I'm out networking and meeting people. Like it's, it's an effort, but you have to be, if you want to be truly successful and work for yourself or be an entrepreneur, because look, you can go into a, a company and make a lot of money and be happy. And that's great. Like I have friends that do that. But if you want to be like, I want to wake up every day and do what I want to do, how I want to do it and when I want to do it. So that took work. It's a constant journey. It's a constant struggle. It's a constant hustle. But I made that decision that I'm not giving up. And yeah. I just kept going. And, and then I, I, it's like when I figured all that stuff out about myself is really when I hit pay dirt. And it's like everything's working the way it should. And now I know I'm, I'm, every day I'm learning something new that I can be doing differently. And I've just, my viewpoint on the world and on business has completely shifted in the past four months. It is just, opened up my eyes to so many things. And it's, I encourage everybody listening that if you're on that journey, just keep going. It's hard. Everybody goes through it. It's a rite of, if you want to be successful, going through the crap is a rite of passage. Dude, I, you know, like, like being a lawyer, passing the bar exam is a rite of passage. It's not a hard test. It's just a lot of work you have to put in to pass it. But it's the only time in your life you have to know basic principles of law that I'll never use again but it's a rite of passage to put ESQ after my name. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. 100%. Um, you know, it's interesting because there isn't an overnight. I mean, there, there may be some overnight success, but I've heard, sure. I saw this the other day, my overnight success took 18 years. Okay. You know, like, it, it, and if you, if you think about that statement, my overnight success took 18 years. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, because there really isn't, I mean, there, yes, there's some, there's a few. Yeah. But if you look, but even if you look, and I, and I challenge that, because even if you look at like that, that person that came out of nowhere, right. You don't know, like it's take, take Justin Bieber. I hate to use that example, but it's everybody thought he was an overnight success, but the kid was honing his craft when he was five years old. That's like, a very good point. You know, he's, he's working, he's singing, he's going and doing these things. And all of a sudden one YouTube video hits and they think he's this overnight success. They're not looking at the decade that he put in beforehand to learn how to sing, to play instruments, to, to, you know, to get comfortable doing it. That's work. Every athlete, the same thing. You know, that guy that comes out of nowhere and go, you know, and has a breakout season overnight successful. No, the, he's been playing football or baseball since he was five years old and put in the work. People don't give you credit for the time spent. You know, that is such a good point. Um, you know, I always wonder, you know, if you think about, you said you work with some athletes. If you think about an athlete, yeah. you know, their chances of mm -hmm. making it into the professional world, the NFL, the NBA, yeah. the NHL, the uh, whatever, are not very good. No, not at all. So they have to, you know, and they put in unbelievable amounts of work from a, like you just said, from a very young age with not a good chance. Yeah. That tells me a lot about somebody. Exactly. It's exactly right. 
I mean, that is, you know, it's pretty incredible. And I don't know if people think about that because they think, oh, you know, these guys make all these millions of dollars. Well, guess what? They earned it. Well, right. That, that's, that's, you know, it, it, it always, it always sucks when that one athlete just goes off the rails it makes it bad for everybody else. Like the Antonio Brown right. situation. <laughs> I'm from Pittsburgh, so I can say that. I can talk about that. But it's, but it's you know, these guys, like, you're right. Like, they've, when, when people get mad about how much money they make, it's like, guess what? They're the ones that did the work to do it. If, if you're going to complain about it, go out and try and do it yourself. Like, go out and make the money somewhere else. Like, that's, I'm not a complainer. Like, I, 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 in the past, I'm sure I was. But I always look at like, if someone else is more successful or makes more money, they've done something I haven't figured out yet. That's how I look at it. Not that I'm comparing myself. I'm like, that guy knows something I don't. And how can I learn what he knows? That's how I look at it. But people get, people, we have this jealous, human nature, you have this jealousy inside where if you see somebody successful and you want to tear them down, no, like I'm happy for them. Like more power to you. If I can learn from them and, and kind of understand how they got there and, and dissect some information from it, that's great. Like I want to see people more successful than me because I want to learn from them. I'm constantly climbing the mountain. Absolutely. So um, what uh, – you read, right, yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So what would um, – you know, what, what's, what's a couple of books that have, you know, you said the, um, uh, on the other page. success principles. Okay. That's definitely yep. one of them. What yep. would you say? Would you, what would you say? Another one would be, I guess the go giver. Yeah, that's, that's one. Absolutely. Um, one great book, the alchemist. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because a great book. I don't know anything about it. I've seen a couple of people, that couple people talked about it. They posted it, but I don't know Read anything about it. Okay, it, it, it's it's really it, it's a it's a fable. So, but it, it it really talks about the journey to find happiness, and really it's inside all along. And it, I I read it on a plane. I was traveling for a speaking engagement, and I remember reading it, and it just it hit me. I, I think it was at that time where I was searching something. And it hit me. It's like, wait a minute, I'm getting a chance to speak in front of hundreds of people across the country. What, like, this is amazing. And it just gave me a new perspective. So that's definitely one. Another great book, which is a long read, is The 48 Laws of Power by Robert right. Greene. Like, it, it's, it's a really, really long book. <laughs> but it's an awesome book because he takes these, these historical accounts and dissects them into these 48 Laws of Power. Okay. And it's just a really, it's a really cool book. Um, those, and I'm trying to think of one other one I would recommend. Cause I mean, I read so many, um, and, but those are really three that have impacted me the most. I would say also, you know, the compound effect and the slight edge, those are two books that are kind of the same premise, okay. but it's really about those books talk about doing those little things every day. The consistency is how you get success. It's not one big action. It's not sure. one big thing, you know, losing weight isn't going to the gym nine hours one day and you look great. It's going 20 minutes a day, five days a week for six months. It's that, it's that, but it's, 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 they're good books because it's simple principles that a lot of people overlook because they're things that are easy to do, but also easy not to do. Right. And it talks about, and it gives really good examples. Those are, those are the books I would recommend. Absolutely. Have you read the magic of thinking big? Yeah. I, I when did I read that? like a year ago I, who, who wrote that book i can't remember 
God, I have no idea. But I, I, I know I read it, a, I think about a year ago I read it. Yeah, it was a big, it was a good one. It was a one. good one. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, the one I'm reading right now is The Power of the Subconscious Mind. Ooh. It's, yeah, it's, it's by, I think it's like Joseph Murphy or Murray, he's the, the, the PhD, but he talks about the power, and you know, and it's a lot about stuff. It's a lot of stuff that you hear about and, 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 you know, but this guy gets into the science of it and it's a really interesting book. Well, so I'm an ELP practitioner. Okay. So I, I've, awesome. I've learned a ton about the subconscious mind and it to me is probably one of the most fascinating things yeah. in the world. I mean, it's, you know, it really, you know, really, it runs mm-hmm. in our body. It's just our body. It's our yeah. mind that runs the programs that make yeah. our body work. Yep. And most of the time we're running subconsciously on programs that we've done for years. That, and that, yes. that, that, that makes you think of the other book. Um, what you say when you, when you, when you talk to your. You glitched out. we lose connection can you hear me okay i can now so so what i, I don't know if you heard about what i was saying the the book called what you say what we say when we talk to ourselves okay it's it's by a guy i think it's shad hofstetter but he just my uh, is our brain and ourselves as the software you talk about just reprogramming the software by telling yourself in your subconscious mind different things. Yes. If you want different results, you have to put different software into the computer. And I just love the way the book was written. It's an older book, but it was really, it was really well written. And it took, it took a complex topic and made it very simplistic, practical, and understandable. Yeah, that makes total sense. I am definitely going to check that out. Yeah, that's uh, a good because, one. you know, our self-talk is also a bit, it's a big deal when yeah. you say, you know, I'm sorry all the time right. because what are you saying? Like you're, you're really literally saying to yourself that you're not a good person. Yep. You know, you're, 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 you're not. And so little things, yeah, little absolutely. bitty things, you know, it, it makes all the difference in the world. Yep. All right, my man, I will. Uh, so it's about time to wrap up. Do you have yep. anything else you'd like to share that uh, we can exit on any kind of suggestions. What would you um, say to the audience that would make them think about something differently? So I would say two things, right? There, this is two pieces of advice I typically give everybody. Okay. You know, every day when you get out of bed, you get the choice of how that day is going to go. You can choose to be happy or you can choose to be pissed off. You can choose to be stressed. It's your choice. You don't have to be perfect though. You're going to have those days where you want to get up and be in a bad mood and that's okay. Embrace those days, but understand that every single day it's completely your choice. When you understand that you'll change the way you operate in the world. That's, that's the first piece of advice I give everybody. Cause it's, it's that simple. Like when, when I get every day out of bed, I, I literally say to myself, how is this day going to be? How do I want this day to be? And I make the choice. I'm going to have an awesome day. It's going to be an amazing day. There may be days like I got a lot of stuff to do today. I'm going to be stressed out all day. It's okay. Like I embrace it. But I, but I ask myself that question. And the second thing, second piece of advice is no matter what you're trying to do, 
in life, it's always going to be harder than you expect, yet easier than you expect. Because it's, it's going to take a lot more work than you anticipate, but the complexity of the work is going to be a lot simpler than you think. I like that. People, people over, they, they overestimate or, or they think things are going to be more difficult and complex than they are, but take a lot less time than they do. Is that kind of, uh, does that kind of fall into like analysis, analysis, paralysis, like paralysis you think of? Uh, I do, but I, but I think, you know, people, people tend to think that they, they go into a business and they try and figure out this, I'm, I'm going to do this complex SEO strategy and all this stuff and build all these things. And I'm going to trademark this and build this and they're overcomplicated. And then three months later, like, oh, it didn't work. I'm like, okay, well, if you would have given it 12 months and just put out content or told people what you were selling, it would have worked. You overcomplicated the beginning and tried to get into this complex situation, but you didn't put in enough time and effort in the long term. That's what I always, especially with the biz, a lot of the businesses I work with as a lawyer and as a coach is some people will come to me and say, I want to set up my business. I need all these contract drafts. I need to trademark this. I'm like, how about we sell something first? Sell your product. Then we can see if there's a market for it. Then we'll do all this other stuff. But go out there for the next three months and try and sell your product. Like, don't pay me to do all this stuff now. But a lot of people want to, want to make it really complex. It makes them feel like they're doing something. If they have all this complex stuff and they try and figure out all these things and they, they wonder after three months, it's not working because they approach it wrong. So that that's what I would do. It's, it's harder. It's going to be harder and take more effort than you think, but, uh, but it's going to be also simpler than you think. So try not to overthink it. Yeah, exactly. That's it. It's overthinking. We, I mean, we all have a tendency to do that, but if, if, if this audience can take two things away, take those two pieces of advice away. That's fantastic. Rocco, thank you so much, brother. I really, oh, I, really appreciate you taking the time, you know, just yeah. like we were talking about, you gave me an hour of your time today that you yeah. didn't have to do. So thank you. I, oh, I very much so appreciate it. No, I appreciate the opportunity. This was a blast. Absolutely. I enjoyed yeah. it as well. Thank you so awesome. much. If there's anything that I can ever do for you, please yeah. let me know. I'll let yeah. you know when this, uh, when the podcast drops, it could probably be a few weeks, a couple weeks. Okay. Um, but thank you so much. Awesome, brother. man. No, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for the opportunity. And, and if you ever need anything from me, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to help. Thank you, brother. My pleasure. All right, Have a good man. day. You too, man. Take All right, care. Brother. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.